All right, go on, do the intro. This is a healthy obsession brought to you by Small Goal Soccer. Oh, that was actually good. That was better than last week. Yeah, I'm getting there. We're practicing. It sounded a little bit like uh, like movie phone. You ever you ever dialed up movie phone? No. What is a movie phone? Back in the day, if if you oh, I say back in the day, probably like five six years ago, if you wanted to find out the show time of a film by phone, you would ring movie phone, and it'll be like, "What movie do you want to see?" And that's kind of what you sounded like right now. In theater number four, you can watch Batman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's funnily enough, you speak in uh, speak and sound and look a little like Batman right now, the shit version. People can't see me right now, can they? No, so let's uh, give it a breakdown. So this is the second podcast I think we've ever done where we've not been in the studio together. So uh, just to let everyone know, we're doing this over Zoom this week because Tom's, <laughs> Tom Tom couldn't make it to the studio. There's a, there's a, there's a COVID scare going on. So I'm excited uh, yeah, yeah, to play it safe and uh, keep my distance. Yeah, the help of uh, young Adam Thelwell. Yeah, so uh, I wasn't going to COVID shame you, but now, yeah, you've got the plague and you're not allowed out of the house. I'm restricted. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So how do you how do you feel about doing podcast over Zoom? I don't like it. It's a bit weird. Like I'm leaning really close to the computer right now to talk to you and I don't know why. Yeah, I don't like it at all. It's much better in person. Yeah, it's a bit weird. And I look like you referenced. Uh, what did you say I look like? You look like a burglar. A burglar? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think I look more like, so for those of you that obviously can't see us that are listening, um, you know how on Skype or uh, whatever you use now, not Skype, uh, what's it, Zoom, you can blur out the background. Yeah. The background is blurred out. Now, if you blurred out my face, I think I'd look a little bit like a South American kind of gang warlord who's, you know, on Ross Kemp, does gangs. So I think I look like, so I'm quite, quite cool, really. Most dangerous places in the world or whatever that show was, most dangerous gangs in the world. Yeah, my office. You, you think Ross Kemp's hard? Americans don't know who Ross Kemp is, do they? No. Um, no, I don't think he's hard. No, I don't either. No. Nah. So, so how are you doing, mate? Besides the COVID scare, how's everything going? How's your weekend? Decent weekend, yeah. Um, everything is good in my life, mate. It's uh, got no complaints, no issues, no problems. Although I have... Uh, I did watch a documentary yesterday that made me a little bit sad. What was it about Spurs? <laughs> no, it was not. There's nothing to be sp- sad about Spurs right now. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I watched. Uh, there was a man. His name's Nims. It's on Netflix, and I don't want to give the whole show away, but he uh, attempts and potentially succeeds in hiking—not really hiking—mountain climbing the 14 highest mountains in the world, um, and he does it in less than six and a half months. And the previous record was someone did it over 16 years. Did he die um, at the end? No, he didn't die. He could have died a couple of times, to be fair. Um, but it, it got me thinking um, about our miserable little hikes and how we're exhausted after hiking, like, a couple hundred feet. Mm. And this guy did 8,000 metres 14 times. That's aggressive. Yeah. So it was quite, quite sad, really, because I was watching it just thinking, like, he's a proper geezer and we're just little maggots that can't even get up a little hill. Well, I mean, you speak for yourself, please, because I'm uh, I'm president of the hiking club now, as you know. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what else, uh, what else is how that? My weekend rounded up. Oh, very exciting. How about you? 
It was good, mate. It was, it was just quiet. It was good, though. I had a little date night and uh, on Saturday, which was good. Went home and uh, fell asleep early, which was nice. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Though. Honestly, it was, it was a little quiet. I went to a cup final, and uh, I won't speak on the team's names because I don't want to drop them in it, but they were losing 2-0 in the cup final at halftime. They brought on the top scorer in the league who doesn't play for their team, thinking mm-hmm. no one had noticed. He scored two draws the game 2-2 the other team goes berserk and the game has to get cancelled absolute scandal why would you do that why would you bring in the, it's not like anyone's going to not like recognise him <laughs> they snuck him on at half time <laughs> what did he think he was doing was he just like yeah I'll just play for you I guess it doesn't really matter to him does it he doesn't care but yeah he was, he's the top scorer in the league like the other team's not and then he scored a brace to tie the game up <laughs> Are you dishing out lifetime bans? What's going on here? Yeah, so we, we've we've got our staff. Uh, we've got a little meeting to discuss the uh, punishment, crime and punishment today. The the integrity committee. Yeah, ethics right. and values. Well, which is really funny coming from me. <laughs> was it your team? Who did you sneak on? It was, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's not believable. Yeah, yeah, the top scorer thing is not believable, is it? Way off. Just scoring a goal in general, really. I think. I, I used to be a goal scorer when I was younger too. Yeah? yeah? Not anymore. No. I'm, I'm a creative maestro now, is that it? No? You just chip everything over the top and hope someone fast runs onto it. That's exactly it. That's the strategy. It's not bad. If you've got a bit of speed to drop top, you're all right. Yeah, you still need the foresight to play the pass, though, don't you, dickhead? Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> anyway. Should we talk about football? Do you want... There was loads of football. There was football today. I didn't even know there was a game today. I know. I think, as we're recording right now, I think Arsenal just lost to Everton with a last-minute... Uh... Last minute goal, wasn't it? 93rd minute goal. Yeah, and Everton, didn't they sack their sporting director last night as well? Did they? I didn't see that. I didn't realise their run was so bad. They've won like two in 15 or something stupid. Yeah, the Everton fans are going mad, aren't they? Yeah, they're not happy. Well, and they also got dicks by Liverpool last week, which will... Uh... You want to start with that? We start with Liverpool, maybe? Yeah, start with that one, because that was a bit of an absolute... Well, it was just poor, wasn't it, for Everton, really, at home against... In a big, big derby game. Uh, to get beat 4-0 home. I thought Liverpool were excellent. 4-1. They got one. Oh, they get one? Yeah, they got one. They got one. Uh, Damari Gray scored to pull it back to 2-1. And then Liverpool just went on and romped them. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool are just different class, aren't they? They're just so... They're light years ahead. Yeah, and then just the goals are coming from everywhere as well. Salah's obviously having a great season, but you've got... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jota scoring left and right. I think uh, Henderson chipped in with a nice goal against Everton. And yeah, of course, Salah layering on top of all of that. But yeah, Liverpool, they, they just look a different gravy, don't they? Yeah, the class. I mean, they've got it all over the field. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch the entire game. I saw the highlights. But, I mean, there was Everton fans leaving, what, like, 20 minutes in? Yeah. <laughs> like, escaping. What do you think about that? Are you, are you for or against that, like, walking out on a game? I just think it's, it's ridiculous. I think I, – I remember a Middlesbrough fan doing it long, long time. This is 20 years ago. And he ran up to where the director was sat and tore his season ticket up in front of the director and threw it at the director. <laughs> I just thought, what's, what's that accomplishing? Nothing. Especially when you have to, like, midweek be contacting the front office asking for a replacement season ticket. Oh, can I have a ticket back, please? Or twat. And I, I also just don't understand why. What? If you go into a match, watch the match. Like, I hate when people leave five or ten minutes early to beat the traffic. It's like, what the fuck are you going for? You know the traffic's going to be bad. But, I mean, I, at what point do you think is it, let, let's say, like, it is a big game, you're at home, you're against Liverpool. 
But at 2-0 down, I don't think you walk out in the first half. Like, anything can happen. It could be an amazing comeback. Absolutely not. Like, I, I remember Liverpool fans in uh, three... They were 3-0 down against AC Milan in the 05. Yeah. Gosh. I was watching it in the pub, like, incognito, right? So I'm you know, a Man United fan, and I'm secretly cheering for AC Milan, but I'm watching it in a pub full of Scousers. And they were 3-0 down at half-time. And half the pub left. And they end up tying that game and winning on pens. Imagine missing that. Imagine being in the car and Liverpool have tied and you've sulked off. Like you stay till the end. You support your team, don't you? Yeah, there's stories of uh, of scousers that went to that game that were in the stadium that had, like sold their car, quit right. their job, walked out half time, and like, oh, I mean, imagine that you walked out of the stadium, couldn't get back in. Like you missed the greatest night in your club's history. Oh, like, no. How much of a how much of a dramatic person do you have to be to be like? I'm not going to stay and watch this anymore. I'm out of here. Like you're not proving a point to anyone. It's not like the the club have seen you leave and gone, "Oh God, he's upset." Like what? No, it's just a, it's a weird thing to do. But football fans are weird in general, aren't they? That's I'm speaking to our audience here as well. Just football fans in general are weird little people. It's an emotional sport, isn't it? Very emotional. So speaking of emotion, that Liverpool win at Wolves. Did you see the bench after uh, Origi comes off? That guy's a legend for that team. But the bench, I don't know if you saw it. It, I, f- I felt like I did when United used to get those dirty little 1-0 wins in the 95th minute years ago. That's what this felt like, where Klopp will look back at the end of the season, right? Remember those two points we nearly dropped at Wolves in a last-minute goal? They responded like that. The whole be- the entire bench ran on the pitch. It was mental. No, because they know th- those those are title deciding points, isn't it? <clears throat> Definitely. Like, so that's the Man United factor. That's the old, the old days where they'd, they'd win a title by two points, and those were the two points they picked up. It's just never over. Like, the game's not over. As we just said there, you shouldn't leave early. But, I mean, shit, Liverpool went right to the wire. That was a 94th-minute goal, I think. Right. And another team that are grinding results out in championship style are Man City. They got an excellent win. Stevie Gerrard's bubble got burst, first defeat. But Man City, did you see the silver goal? Yes. What a strike. Holy shit. Like, he, he could have brought it down and had, like, a couple of touches and shot, but instead it's just first time. Well, the whole move. The whole move. I mean, they won the ball in their own box and, and the whole counter-attack, but to hit that, to hit it with the side of his foot, did he? Yeah, he side-footed it. But in full flow and put it in the top bin, it's absolutely outstanding. That, that might be goal of the season for me because of the pace of the move and he's running at full speed and he's, it's not like he's close. He's on the edge of the 18-yard box. Oh, the technique was outrageous. And yeah, he was under pressure as well. Yeah, no, unbelievable goal. Um, but Gerard bounced back quickly as well, didn't they? I think they got a result. Uh, did they beat Leicester this week? They beat Leicester yesterday 2-1. And that, that I, I watched that game. That was one of the best games I watched this season. It was brilliant. It was end-to-end. Those two teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, I thought Villa got hard done by. Did you see the uh, the goal that got disallowed? Yeah. What did you think of that? I was going to ask you the same thing. Um <laughs> Me being in football, I should probably have a better understanding of this rule, but I don't think anyone did when it happened because it's he only had a, so Schmeichel had one hand on the ball and kind of I don't think he had possession of the ball. I always thought you had to have two hands on the ball as a goalkeeper. I, I thought it was possession, I thought the same as you I thought it was two hands, but I thought, okay, well, if it was one hand, did he really have control of that ball? Like it was he was stretching, he barely had his hand on it. I, I, I think Villa were hard done by, but they pulled up the rules uh, in the studio after the game and. By the rules, it should have been disallowed, I guess. But I, I think I would have been pissed off about my team and that because they ended up winning the game. So, all right, no harm, no foul. But, yeah, I think for me, that's bullshit. <laughs> I, I call bullshit on that one. I think, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it was, in my terms, I do, I do not think the goalkeeper had control of the ball there. So, 
yeah, I'd, I'd be fuming. So is, is it worry time for Brendan Rodgers and Leicester? Because they're struggling to pick up results. A defeat, they drew with Southampton 2-2 with a, a late Southampton equaliser on Wednesday. So they're, they're having a little bit of a struggle, having a little bit of a hard time. So they're, they're 11th. They're 11th in the league. Yeah, and, and, and Leicester, you're kind of thinking that they're pushing on a little bit and they seem to, they seem to be stalling a little bit, don't they? Yeah, they're... they're... It's hard because I think we, we talked about before, like they've got some quality footballers, but the depth is their problem, isn't it? Mm. And I think when, you, when you've got a smaller squad like they have, over time, it does catch up with you, trying to compete at the top level constantly. Um, it's not easy to do. And I think it's quite done a little bit. And they're terrible at defending set pieces. Awful, awful. They, like, they look like they're going to concede every time there's a set piece against them. Which has got to be driving Brendan Rodgers mad because that's one thing you can absolutely control you know, let's be honest, any team in the Premier League should be able to manage set pieces. Well, and it's also got two very good centre-backs, Soyuncu and Evans, right? Evans is very experienced. And yesterday I was watching his positioning when the, the goal that was disallowed, Schmeichel should have done better, I thought. But the two centre-backs were all over the place. Like, they're, they're not covering. You know, the ball, if the attacker wins it at the far post, he's knocking it down. Well, where, where's the coverage? I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was terrible. Yeah. 100% agree with you. So, so Chelsea had a bit of a mixed week. So they got a win at Watford in the week, 2-1. But then West Ham, Dinamo uh, 3-2. Did you see that winning goal, the West Ham winning goal? I did see it. I'm trying to think. It reminded me what it looked like. It was from the left-hand side. So the left-back sort of sliced across. It's deflected. And it, it like, gone into the... Oh, t- yeah, 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 yeah. I thought the keeper, the keeper should do better there, no? Uh, I think keeper caught... That's a crazy one because he's caught in two minds, isn't he? He thinks the cross is coming in, so he's cheating to... Uh, to try and come out and claim the cross, isn't he? He thinks it's coming in the middle and he's started taking a couple of steps. Mm. Um, a better question is, do you think he was shooting or do you think he was crossing? Definitely a cross. Definitely a cross? Yeah, and he, and, he, and he sort of celebrated like he meant to do it, which I thought was a bit shit. <laughs> right. He um, sort of, it was sort of like, yeah, I, I knew that was going in. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, he just stood there, didn't he? Like, well, what's happened? Um, Nah, those are just freak goals. I think those are the sort of things where you're just like, you, you, I don't think you can really blame the keeper too much. He's, you want your keeper to cheat a little bit there because how often does someone smash it at the front post from there with that much pace and a little bit of swerve to beat him? I mean, that happens. You, you could literally set that up and give him 100 efforts of that and he might pull it off two or three times. Yeah, I, I definitely think that it's it's one of those, a bit of a lucky one. And But the, I just thought the keeper had a long time to look at it, but it's just me from the armchair saying it, so fuck do I know. <laughs> All right, yeah. so, so so should we have a, a little chat about the Man United game against Arsenal? Because it, was a, it was a great game for the neutral, but it was also a, I think the quality was that of a sixth and seventh place team. It was, <laughs> overall quality was pretty dreadful. Yeah. I mean, this was Carrick's last game in charge, right? It was, yeah. It's a Carrick's last game. Strange game to finish with because it's it's traditionally, I mean, we're talking traditionally 10, 12, 15 years ago would be a huge game Man United Arsenal at Old Trafford. Um, sort of went under the radar these days. It's sort of like, oh, it's United Arsenal. That used to be the big build game, you know, a Sunday afternoon, a massive one. Um, and it's sort of just like, ah, it's kind of two, yeah, like you said, two mediocre teams. Um and I think from a Man United perspective, it's got to be hard. I talked about this last week for the players to get their heads up for it when they know the next game coming is going to be a different leader. You know, I'm sure Carrick announced before the game that he wasn't going to return after the game. I'm sure the players were aware of that. He didn't bring that up after after the game. Um, so I think that's a tough game to play in. So I can imagine why the level was poor. 
Arsenal, I mean, they've just lost again today. We've just said to Everton. Um, I mean, they're, they're just a, a very average mentality squad, aren't they? They can beat anyone, but they can lose to anyone. And that, that's, that's the nature of a game that you get, isn't it? So one of the big talking points was the first goal. So uh, for anyone that didn't see it, you go check it out. So a cross comes in uh, from a corner and Fred has stood on David De Gea's foot and De Gea's gone down to the floor. The ball's come out to the 18-yard box and I believe it was uh, Smith Rowe has hit a volley. But De Gea is on the floor uh, holding his ankle and the ball's gone in the net. So there was like confusion, right? Should it stand? Should it not? Um, what, what did you make of that situation? If that was, if those were your players, not, not really Fred, obviously it was an accident, but what would you make of the goalkeeper situation? Uh, I'd be fuming. Um, he, he, someone stands on your foot, right? And obviously he, he played on the rest of the game, right? He did. So it wasn't like he broke his ankle. Like for me, if you can't stand up, you can't move, fair enough. Outside of that, until you're a whistle, I mean, I'd, I'd be laying across, I'd at least lay across the goal with my arms outstretched in case. I'd make some sort of attempt. I'd watch the play. I, I think that's absolutely mind-blowing that he just rolled over and looked the other way, hoping he'd get a foul. <laughs> what, one of the big criticisms was that he faced into the net instead of yeah. oh, going to go on the floor, face the play, right? So the, the game's not stopped. And I, Arsenal had every right. Do you think it was a little unsportsmanlike? Or he, even, you got to shoot, right? Um, I, I think they did the right thing. I think that referee made a decision. In, in professional football now, now listen, say it's um, because they've got the VAR and all that stuff. I think you now play all the way through until the play's done. And then, then they can go back and make a decision. Mm. Um, in, in amateur football, I'd probably kick the ball out, right? Probably kick the ball out. Now, that's crap because you'll have keepers rolling around all over the place hoping they get decisions. But I think that's the right thing to do because if he had broken his ankle, um, you wouldn't want to score on him. I guess the... the Argument to that would be maybe score anyway, and then if he has broken his ankle, let the other team score from kickoff, right? Even it up. Um, I'd always play through, I think. Always play through unless there's a, another decision to make at that high level for sure. Yeah. What do you think? No, I agree. The, the first thing that I went to was what you just said there, where I thought, well, it's a bit just a bit of sportsmanship. Like if the goal, if it's a player on the floor, it's totally different, right? I think if it was Fred on the floor and he shoots and he hits a great volley and beats the keeper while he's on his feet. Fair play, but my first thought was like, look, the goalie's on the floor, he's injured. It like really shouldn't like you should really stop playing. But like this, like the competitive like part of my brain thinks, fuck it. Like by the rules, you got every right to take the shot. And like you said, if it was De Gea was properly injured, where I think he was just faking it a fucking bit. It was. Like, if he was properly injured, fair enough. But he was fucking rolling around like <laughs> your own player did it as well. You knobhead. <laughs> what's going? What's going through his mind? Right. Like, what's going through his mind at that point is he like. Someone stepped on me. I'm going to get a foul here. Whatever happens, I'm just going to lay down. Yep. Fuck off, man. Get up, and, get up and do your job. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's embarrassing. And I mean, that's got to be embarrassing on the training ground afterwards, right? When the lads are like, oh, Fred, I'd give him shit. I'd be like, oh, Freddie, step on his foot again. I'd be like, stamp, I'd, if I was Fred, I'd chase him around the training ground, stamping on his ankles, just giving him shit. He had a really mixed week because he's like breaking David De Gea's, uh, David De Gea's ankle one minute and then he's having like man of the match performances. He got an assist against Arsenal. He played, he got the winner against Crystal Palace, nice goal yesterday. Uh, so a bit of a mixed, mixed week for the guy. I, I don't know if a new coach is going to be sort of like let, let him off the leash a little bit and maybe he's going to flourish, but who knows? Freedom Fred, he's on it. I mean, he's the still, board. He's still, He still can't pass a football. Like, it's bad. He can't make a 20-yard pass as a central midfielder. 
<laughs> Ronaldo was looking around yesterday. Like he was out wide and Fred's twice tried to cut a ball diagonal to him and it hasn't made it to him. It's not even gone past the defender. And Ronaldo just kind of shaking his head like, what the fuck is this? You used to have Luka Modric knocking him to you now or Paul Scholes. Now you've got fucking Fred the Red. <laughs> well, fair, fair play to me I thought he did really well the last couple of games so United couple of wins uh, I, I wanted to ask you as well I found this interesting so obviously the new guy came in Ragnik and um, a, his implementation of the Gengam press and all this kind of stuff which United were much higher tempo they definitely pressed a lot better in the first half they looked like they tired in the second I, I found this interesting though. I heard that he has a countdown clock at the training ground you ever heard this? A countdown clock? No, talk he has, to me. He has a countdown clock running at the side of the training pitch, and it's when you lose the ball, Okay, yeah. you've got to get it back within eight seconds, and then you've got to try and score within 10 seconds. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty aggressive. What do you think of that? I don't mind it. Um, do you do it with your kids' teams? <laughs> would I do it with my kids' teams? No, I would not. Just because it's done at a professional level does not mean it applies to a youth model. Um, which is the biggest misconception in the world. Everyone tries to copy Pep Guardiola with their under 10s. Um, no, um, I like the idea. I like the mindset of it. Um, it definitely installs a like mindset for your players, right? On the field, they're, they're, you're naturally going to make them, if they train that way every day, they're going to press, they're going to win the ball back quickly, get the ball more. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting concept to actually have a clock um, out there, but that's a visual. If that's a learning tool that helps the players, it works, right? It supports. Um, yeah. Yeah, all right. And uh, do you want to talk about Spurs really briefly? Because they're on a, a good run at the moment. So, yeah, I want to talk about them. They play Brentford and Norwich at home, so nothing too earth-shattering. But do you want to uh, give them a little shout-out? Because you've been slagging them off quite a bit. And you know, Conte seems to have got it together. So what's what's happening at Tottenham? I think we've won three in a row. Three Premier League games in a row um, since Conte's been in. So, yeah, up to fifth. We've got a game in hand over West Ham. Could go fourth um, outright, which is huge. Um, I'll be honest with you, I don't think a lot has changed, really. Um, <laughs> we're just we're just tighter defensively. And he, he, he's, a, he's yesterday I watched, who did we play? It was uh, the Brentford game. We won 3-0, but it, the first, uh, sorry, the, the Norwich game, won 3-0. We sat in and defended. We didn't, we let them have the ball, which was very like Mourinho, but because we won 3-0, no one's complaining. Um, mm. But I don't think Spurs played very good football. I think we just hit them on the counter and hurt them which is what Mourinho did when he first came in at Spurs. Problem's going to be over time is that doesn't continue to work. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what he changes. Apparently he's going to make, there's going to be 10 uh, transfers over Christmas, players in and players out combined. Wow, that's that's aggressive. Yeah, that's what they're saying, 10, which would be insane in January. Definitely, yeah. That's that's some big changes to make. So yeah. before we hit the halftime buzzer, the league table looks like this. You've got City on 35, Liverpool 34, Chelsea 33, West Ham 27. Um, so that's the top four right now with Tottenham United and Arsenal kind of knocking on the door. And down at the bottom end, Newcastle, uh, excuse me, Norwich are bottom, Newcastle and Burnley. Burnley are in big trouble. I, I kind of forgot that they were down in the mix with that. But Sean Dyche always seems to kind of turn it around at some point, doesn't he? Yes. Um... And they've got tough games. I think the next game is West Ham. So they've got a tough one coming up. So it doesn't look any brighter for them. But, you know, we'll see. What Watford are in the mix there as well. They're going to they're gonna be floating around there. I think Southampton will be in the mix. Yeah, um, Leeds are just right around there as well. There's rumour that Leeds uh, might get bought by a San Francisco 49ers uh, consortium. Okay. 
is a news today that might might happen in a year or so. They're talking about buying the club out. So did you did you see the the director? I don't know if I oh, I, I shared this video with you, but the the director I forget the bloke's name, Italian guy, and he was going at it with somebody in the crowd. He was like being held back from getting out of the director's box and fucking chinning someone. Did you ever watch the uh, Amazon documentary with him? Uh, yeah, was it called? All, uh, was it all or nothing? Yeah, it was one. I think it was yeah, something like that. Um, but he was uh, he was very animated in that as well. He's quite a passionate. What is he? Director of football? What is he? Yeah, he's director of football. Yeah, I don't know. But he's wild, isn't he? He's just absolutely <laughs> crazy. Man. Goes after people. So I love that. I like that passion. I think you want that passion from people in the club that you I care about what happens on the pitch, right? I liked it. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was good. No, I'm all for it. Why not? Now, obviously, he's, he probably went over the line a bit, but you know what? What I don't know what provoked him. Right. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let, listen, let's hit the halftime buzzer. We'll be back in a moment. Tom, go and get yourself some lem sip or whatever it is, and uh, we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the second half of A Healthy Obsession, the podcast by Small Goal Soccer. I'm one of the hosts, Adam Thurwell, and I've got on Zoom with me uh, from Scottsdale, Arizona, Thomas Hurdle. Hello. Hello, indeed. Nice to be here. Yeah, how do you think the first half of the show went? It's all right. I, we talked about it. We don't, we don't like doing it over Zoom. It's not our jam, is it? No. Did, what, did you, uh, what did you make of the uh, stats that I sent you last week? Well, the, the people where the viewers are from? Yeah. Disappointed. Okay, why? Yeah, well, like you said, less, not very many listeners in a few different countries. We were yeah. all over the place, weren't we? Yeah, was a little, I was also dis- disappointed that we're not bigger in Ireland. Well, I'm not Irish and you're not Irish, so... Yeah, but we've got Irish guests. Got Irish, fr- yeah, the guests. So we need to get on Dino, don't we? Yeah, we need we need a bit more promotion in uh, Dublin. Definitely target it. Top top episodes of the year for guest episodes, not our own episodes, but Robin Thorpe, Doctor Robin Thorpe, Doctor, uh, yep, Robbie Madley, number two, Rob Blanchett from Bleacher Report, number three, Jordan Slack, your man, Jordan at Tottenham, yep. uh, was number four, and Pete Martin from Soccer Bible. Was Very one. nice. Yeah, de- decent little, uh, and uh, we've had some impressive growth this year, uh, up 109% from the year before. Off. What does that mean? Does that mean we've doubled the listenership? Doubled the listenership since this time last year. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, followers went up 91%. The streaming went up 70, 73%. And we had, uh, no, listen, our listener base went up 50%. Not bad. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, thank you, people. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll reward you with joke of the week. Well, what? Wait, hold on a second. We need to explore the age group listenership as well. Oh, interesting. All right, so I was jumped in early. Yeah, it's okay. So right. pump the brakes. Uh, so eighteen through twenty-two year olds, four percent of our audience. Twenty-three. Oh, wait, zero to seventeen is under one percent. So the kids ain't into it. Don't blame them. No, I don't blame them either. We've got nothing to offer. I don't let my son listen to the show. <laughs> Uh, 28 through 34 was 34%, uh, 35 through 44, 32%, 45 through 59 years old, 5%, 60 plus only 2%, and I'm pretty sure that's my mom. 60 plus, yeah, that's your mom and my mom. Yeah, there you go. That's it. <laughs> you know what's weird is, how do they, is that because when they register for an account, they have to put their age in? Yes. Hmm. Fair so enough. USA is 80% of our audience, UK is 12%, Ireland's 2%, Canada's 2%, Australia 1%. I want to know who's listening in Australia. Yeah. Shout out Australia. Who's in Australia? Fuck knows. And Poland, United Arab Emirates, with 1% of listenership. Interesting. 
and Germany one under one percent. Yeah, that's quite exciting, isn't it? Very nice. Does that make you happy that you've got a worldwide footprint? Footprint. Yeah. The web. The show. The show's got. A... Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? All right, mate. Come on, get on with the joke of the week. Let's hear it. But not you. You did well last week. Don't fuck it up. After all of Adam's boring stats, here is your reward. <laughs> joke. People, the week. people like to hear about how the show's doing. This is how we get the show and make it bigger. Adam. Yes. Where's the best place to shop for soccer shirts? Go on. If you get to buy a new shirt, where should you go buy it? Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> new Jersey. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, very good. Very good. Do you think this segment's going to last? I think it's going to last a long time. I've got 101 jokes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What'd you get? Like, I guarantee this was a Christmas present from like your auntie or something. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> you can't. Re- a magician never reveals his source. Never, never, never. All right. Uh, so, what should we talk about first there? So, should we go with. I thought this was a cool story. So, uh, Dundee Athletic, uh, they had a ball go down uh, the riverside. Uh, the Tay uh, two weekends ago, and the ball has shown up in Holland. So someone's posted on Twitter, uh, yeah, we found your ball and tagged the team. And yeah, so the ball was miles away in Holland. What did you, you think of that? Do you believe that? Do you think that's true? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting test. I don't know how far it is from Scotland to Holland. It's not that far, is it? Um, no, it's across it's, the water. Just across the water. But it's still, Dundee's, it's, still, it's a fair old pushed down there probably a couple of hundred miles isn't it i think so have you ever been to uh, holland i've been once yeah mm, did you have a good time uh yeah it was all right i was only 17 it was uh after the 2006 world cup so we went to germany in a winnebago mm. and we got knocked out against portugal so we drove from there to amsterdam and then from there to paris for the world cup final nice. so i think two or three nights in amsterdam so yeah it was all right i was probably too young to really be there to be honest but yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Cool place. Have you been? I've been to Amsterdam once. Yeah. Good time? Yeah, I think three days is enough. Oh, really? Kind of felt like Vegas. Three days is enough in most places, isn't it? Most major cities, three days is all you need. Yeah, and Amsterdam, I was young when I went, so I was doing too much, too much drugs and I just I was hitting it too hard, you know? So it was like by day three, I was like, oh, God, get me out of there. Yeah, fair enough. And a really funny story. So it wasn't funny for the guy I was with, but one of my mates that I was with. So, you know, Amsterdam, everyone cycles everywhere, right? Bicycles just everywhere. So we rented a couple of bikes. And my mate's like a bit of a stickler with tight with money. And it was like five quid for the bike insurance, right? So I'm like, yeah, give me the bike insurance because I know uh, we're drinking, we're doing drugs. Someone, uh, someone's going to nick my bike, right? Like a tourist from a mile away, someone's going to be like, yeah, I'm taking that guy's bike. <laughs> my mate's tight. He's like, no, I'm not paying. No, it's a ripoff. I'm not paying for insurance. So we go out and we eat some of these space cakes and we're just absolutely mangled, right? <laughs> we're going back to the hotel for a kip. And we get to the hotel and we lean the bikes up against the rack and go up to the hotel room. So we come back down and both the bikes have been nicked, right? <laughs> and he's fucking fuming. So the bike ended up costing him, costing him like 250 euro. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you. Oh, yeah. It's teaching to be tight. So, yeah, Amsterdam was a, a good time. But I've got insurance, so I don't have to worry about it. I'm pretty sure that the bike company nicked the bikes from us. 
course they did. It's how they make money. Yeah, that's a nice little scheme, isn't it? It's folly, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're just, oh, because you have to give them your address. So where are you staying? Oh, here's the hotel address. Great. I know where the pike's. Oh, yeah. You're not having a lock either? Okay. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> Piss take. Well, they've got a key to all the locks as well. They t- exactly. Yeah. So even if you've got a lock on there, you've fucked. That's a great business. Well played. There's a, there's a lesson in here for you kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> and ride bikes. Yeah, right. Don't ride bikes. And it nearly fell in the canal. And also, my friend got a knife put to his throat by a big Jamaican guy. Oof. Yeah, I won't go into those details, though. Well, I was going to say, I don't, think, I don't think that's a story for the show. It's not a story for the show. I'll tell you some other time. All right, let's, let's talk about Jude Bellingham, because I found this really interesting. So it was uh, Der Klassiker, Bayern Munich versus Dortmund at the weekend. Yeah, uh, G- Germany is disappointing. They're reducing the capacities of the stadiums. I was looking forward to seeing the atmosphere for that one. It was like 50 capacity. Yeah, it sucks. Anyway. COVID-related or? Yeah, COVID-related. Um, yeah, exactly. So... Uh, the game finished three two. Haaland scored another brilliant goal. Did you see his uh, just on the Haaland topic? Did you see his little celebration last week where he like pointed to that woman in the crowd? No. Oh, it was unbelievable. The cameraman should be paid a massive bonus. So Haaland, there's a woman sitting up in the crowd on her own, and she's sort of no one around her. And Haaland stands in front of her and kind of pulls out this kind of like trigger shot, like he's shooting at her. <laughs> she's an away fan or the home, the other team's fan. She just gives him one of these, like, big, like, get it up, yeah. Like, it was really funny because it, like, zooms from her. It's like it was filming in the office. It was like Harlan's face, and then it pans really quickly to her face. It was really funny. But, yeah, that was good. I like that. A bit of banner with the fans. He's quite good at interacting with the people, Harlan. Like, he's very uh, connected, isn't he? He is. So, so him and Bellingham, Bellingham assisted a goal, but they end up losing the game. There's a little bit of controversial penalty given at the end of the game against Max Hummels. And uh, Lewandowski tucks it away as he does. That's what he does. You know, we've got to talk about the Ballon d'Or situation in a minute as well. But yeah. um, Jude Bellingham's gone in for an interview after the game and he has uh, basically just called the referee a cheat. Yeah, a very strange interview, to be fair, wasn't it? It was. So I, I think he's very well spoken. He, he came across really well. But he said that uh, you've given a referee that has uh, match fixed before the biggest game in Germany. What do you expect? Do you think that a referee that's been caught match fixing should be allowed to ref again? Ever again. It seems One like things is kind of like it should be a little bit like, it's probably not a good example of this, but like if you commit a sex crime, you go on the sex offenders list. Like if you, if you cheat a game, you don't get to referee anymore. It's kind of how it works, isn't it? I think that's a bit dodgy. I think if you get caught match fixing, you're out. Yeah, you're done. Like let, that's let it. Alone, There's no more let, of that for you. Let alone doing the biggest fixture in the country. That's the biggest game in one of the biggest games in Europe. I uh yeah, I don't I don't know how he ends up back in that situation, right? Exactly. It's ridiculous. Very strange. Um you said Jude Belling was very well spoken. His voice is not what I expected his voice to sound like. I've not heard him speak before. It sounds like a peaky blinder. He sounded like a co-commentator on like a Europa League game. Sorry, I don't. I only know the Champions League sound of commentators. Oh, of course you do. Yeah, you were in the final last year, weren't you? Hey. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're in the Champions League this season, though, mate. Stop living in the past. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you make? What do you make of this situation? So, um, <clears throat> let's say staying in. A, oh, actually, this is in Russia. So Zenit, Saint Petersburg. The players uh, brought out dogs from this local shelter before the game. Uh, to like audition them almost to be adopted or raise awareness for uh, dog adoption. What do you reckon to that? Do you, would that make you want to adopt a dog? A strange one, isn't it? Really? Um, 
I can't imagine I'm in the stands and I'm just like, oh, great. Yeah, actually, that's, you know, yeah, let's grab that dog. Well, I just don't think that's really what you do at a football game, is it? It's not getting, do you think that inspires you to adopt a dog? I don't think so. I don't think I saw someone. I just don't like it. Like my missus sends me these pictures all the time of dogs abandoned at the shelter. And I'm like, why'd you do this to yourself? It's torture. I, I get it. Same thing. They're probably sending the same pictures. My missus all the time. She's like, oh, a new friend for Lily. And I'm like, absolutely not. I don't even reply to the text. I just ignore him. She asked me after a few days, she's like, are you getting my text anymore? <laughs> nope. Uh, so you're getting blocked. No more dogs. No. no. Um, interesting. I mean, it's cool that they're trying to promote the uh, the need for adoptions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, listen, I'll take nothing away from it. It's cool. Um, but I, I can't imagine me or you or most of football fans in the crowd after a few pints going, yeah, I'll have that, uh, I'll have that chow chow in, in the third row. Hey, yeah, if, if Zenit get a win today, I, I'm going to adopt a Doberman. Yeah, like it's not going to happen, is it? Imagine you bring that home to the wife, steaming after a football match. You know, you've got like a, a Rottweiler with you, a pit bull. Hello. I did that when I worked down at the George. I came home with a snake. A snake? Yeah. What kind of snake? You probably don't know, do you? Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't very big. I got to get rid of it the next day. <laughs> some some guy at the bar just torched me into uh, buying a snake, and it was in his car in a little glass case. Who's just driving around with snakes? Uh, he worked at like a, not a pet shop, but like an exotic animal place. Bizarre. Yeah, it was, it was one of the more uh, interesting pub purchases I've ever made. I bet, I bet that's up there. Yeah, it cost me 250 bucks. For a snake? Yeah. Got absolutely mugged. No, I, in fairness to him, he let, me, he let me return it the next day. Really? Yeah, he was always selling animals in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> what a pub. Yeah, my missus face was a picture. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Keep it, just put it in a shoebox overnight or what? No, I shit my pants. I woke up and forgot I got it. And I looked on the side. And I was, snake slithering over the pillow. I don't even like snakes. What would I get a snake for? I've never held a snake. Have you ever held a snake? Yeah, it's horrible. Oh, I can't imagine it feels good. And terrifying. It's scary. It's not good. I've held a spider before, like a big tarantula. That was terrifying. I can't, I can't get my head around how snakes move. Yeah, and I think I think they're uh, what's the what's the word? They can fuck themselves, right? So they reproduce by themselves. Yeah, it's not ambidextrous. That's when you can use both hands. But yeah. you <laughs> know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah, I think it begins with A actually. But anyway, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the term is they can fuck themselves. But yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the scientific term is. What would you? What do you reckon to this? Uh, a Air United goalkeeper has been banned for throwing toilet paper, a toilet roll, at Kilmarnock fans. When you sent this to me, I had an initial thought. And my initial thought was, well, he didn't bring the toilet paper with him, so it was probably thrown at him first. Ooh, okay, all right. So, uh, in my opinion, it's a toilet paper. It's not like he threw a brick back at someone or a bottle. He threw a toilet paper. <laughs> I think that's fine. They threw a toilet paper at you, you should be able to throw a toilet paper back. Doesn't hurt anyone, doesn't affect anyone. Um, now, if it's a bottle, yeah, different story. Brick, different story. But it's toilet paper. I uh, so uh, walked out the tunnel before the game with a, a roll of toilet papers and was like, well, wait till the fans see this. <laughs> I saw, I saw uh, the subheading for the article was, what a crappy punishment that is. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. For fuck's sake. Uh, Mourinho's been having a bit of a moan this week. He, uh, so he's, they're on a bit of a bad run, Roma, at the moment, and Inter beat him 3-0 at the weekend. And uh, the press was getting in, the journalists firing in, you know, what's wrong with the team, blah, blah, blah. And Mourinho fired straight back, first question, with your job is a lot easier than ours, which is why I earn a lot more money than you. 
<laughs> Full on shithousery. Oh dear. That's good, isn't it? That's a that's a that's not even just like a jab. That's a straight knockout punch, isn't it? What does is, what does a journalist say after that? <laughs> yeah, there's not there's not much you can really say, is there? Our job is a lot harder than yours. That's why I earn more money than you do. That's there's got to be more. There's got to be history in that one. It's got to be a journalist that's been going at him for weeks. Yeah, that's just been. He good, is. Man. Dude, he's had a nibble on that one, hasn't he? He's definitely had a nibble. But yeah, Roma is shit at the moment, so he deserves some. Uh, deserves a few cracks. Well, and they're shit, and that's why he's probably saying stuff like that because it takes the heat off the team and puts all the spotlight on him. He's a dinosaur. Hey, he's not a dinosaur, but he's definitely. Uh, I think he's past his best. Definitely. Spurs ruined him. Spurs ruined everyone. Watch Conte. Give Conte six more months. It'll be broken men. After you've won the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, we've got to win that first. All right, we got we got a little hot topic here this week, so let's uh, have a look at this week's. Okay. All right, so Marcelo Bielsa this week said, uh, they, here's his quote, he said, I have serious doubts over the future of professional football because this is constantly commercialized and the product is worse. It's based on selling more games, but it ignores whether teams are in better condition to offer better results. It brings great sadness me, to me to see football deteriorating. What do you reckon? Great, uh, my initial thought on that is, you can moan all you want, but the game is the game. Um, I agree with him. There is too many games which does negate the standard of football, but that's not going to change, right? That's just is what it is. There's going to be games at the professional level when you're getting paid the money you are, they're going to expect you to play. Mm. Um, his problem is he's at a club where he's, his style of play is very good, but you need depth. You need a lot of players because traditionally players that play the Bielsa kind of football mm. um, fatigue throughout a season. But by the end of a season, they're absolutely exhausted. They drop off, which is what happened with Leeds a couple of times. Um, he was up with Spurs at, under Pochettino, who's a, a very similar style to Bielsa in his pressing and his, and his high tempo. Um, so he's either got to get some more depth at Leeds, which I don't think they can afford to invest in a bigger squad, or get on with it. Um, yeah, it is what it is, right? I, I think the sad thing is these days, nobody's going to sympathise with you. Nobody's going to go, oh, poor Leeds, that, you know, they can't play the way they want to play. Yeah, Fine, poor, wait, do poor, it. Poor old, poor old Bielsa's only getting paid, you know, £5 million a year. <laughs> you know, solutions, not problems. You know, the problem exists. And I'm, I'm not saying football shouldn't change. I, it would be nice to, for a football perspective, to have more meaningful games rather than just lots of games, right? Bigger games more consistently. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's, that's too far-fetched. That's not the nature of the sport. Too, too idealistic. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. You know, stop, Premier League's... He needs to stop being a little hippie baby. <laughs> he's have a little wine, isn't he? So yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. He's got to either adapt his style of play, or you know, you've got to build a bigger squad. That's really it. Adapt or die, Thomas. That's what it is, mate. That's what it is. That's life, isn't it? It is indeed. All right. So before we sign off, um, we didn't really talk about it last week because I think it was after we did the show. But Lionel Messi got his seventh Ballon d'Or. At this point, is it just a joke shop of an award? Ah, joke shop? Uh, no, I think it's a meaningful award. I think it's an important award. I think it's devalued in the way they go about doing it. Um, you know, we you, you sent me a thing last week um, about it. And the problem is that they include a lot of different people from different backgrounds. So it's journalists, it's leaders of FAs, isn't it? Football associations. Yep. Um, is it certain managers are involved? I don't know if managers are, but it's definitely uh, FA people for sure. Yeah? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, 
it's hard because there's, there's never going to be agreement on something like this, right? Because it's such a subjective thing. Football is subjective. You think Fred's a good player and I think he's not a good player. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's your opinion, right? And, and you can argue it till you're blue in the face, the reasons what you, what you like in a football and what you don't, whatever, what achievements are valuable, what achievements aren't. You can go back and forth forever. Um, for me, um, I don't think there's a better solution than what they do, sadly. Um, because if, it, if it's global... You know, you've got to bring in people from all sorts of different backgrounds to get that. At least you now create a big enough net that if it's so big, there's so many votes that you, you'd expect the best player would come out on top. So, yeah, I don't really know if there's a solution to it. In, in your opinion, who should have won it? It's a tough one, really. Um, the last year? I mean, I don't think Messi was particularly great. Did he, he won the Copper. The big thing was he won the Copper uh, America, didn't he? He did, yeah. You know, Ronaldo's. My, my, the thing for me is Ronaldo's come back to the Premier League and is still doing it. Um, you know, Lewandowski, he was great last year, wasn't he? He's not been great. Has he been great this year? I mean, he won the Champions League, didn't he, last year? Yeah. So, I mean, he, I think he's deserving of it over the last two years of work. Did, did Bayern win the Champions League? They beat PSG in, in the final. Can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, he's been great and probably overlooked quite often. And also, uh, Jorginho won... No, Chelsea won the Champions League with Tuchel. Yes. So, so Jorginho... Won Jorginho won, obviously, the Euros. And the Euros, yeah. Like, yeah, but he's not he's not the best player in the world, is he? No, definitely not. But is that what it is? Is it the best player in the world or the best year in the world for a player? That's a debate, isn't it? It is a debate. Not one that I think we're going to have because it could go on forever. Yeah, definitely not. All right, well, I think that's it for this week. You got any uh, closing arguments? No, no closing arguments. We, uh, no, that's it. The only thing we missed was, uh, was it Chesterfield celebration where they were sucking toes? Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? In a jab at uh, Scolzi. I quite like that. A bit of banter. That was enjoyable. Yeah. So, no, that's it. All right. Well, thank you for listening to everyone. This has been a healthy obsession. Get with us on the web, a healthy obsession.soccer on social media, a healthy obsession. Go and rate and review and share the show, or you just, you know, not really a very nice person. Yep. And I am passing judgment on you. Passed. Passed. All right. That's it. Say goodbye. Bye now. Bye bye.